Welcome to season two of the Chop and Beef Show. Live from Mom's basement, with maybe a little bit new of an intro song. It's the same great voice, it's the same most improved student, but a little bit of a new intro. Welcome to the Chop and Beef Show. On this week's episode of the Chop and Beef Show Solo Edition, it is the Chop and Beef Show preseason top 10. I will be diving deep, well, as deep as I can dive, into this year's top 10 list. I've done a lot of research with multiple, multiple magazines, multiple online, multiple stuff. I'll give credit where credit is due. And quite honestly, I'm doing a little bit from my brain. Because that's when I do my best work. But welcome to the Chop and Beef Show second season. Glad to have everybody along with us here as we start out the new year. Uh, just a couple minor changes. Obviously, you heard the new song. That is something that I just found. I was tired of having Nugenics commercials and NC State commercials. And somebody will find that jingle too, just as I did. Uh, along our world wide web but i wanted to get right into it this week wanted to make this episode short and sweet and i say that pretty regularly pretty often when i say i'm going to be short and sweet next thing i know it's 38 minutes long so thank you so much for being with us tonight today whenever you happen to be listening like i said in the intro i will be going over the chop and beef preseason excuse me chop and beef show preseason top 10 I did look at Scour, multiple websites, multiple Athlon, Phil Steele, um, Street and Smiths. Is that still a thing? I don't know. But I've I've scoured the interwebs. I've scoured the preseason magazines, and I've come up with my version. It is my personal version of the top ten. Now, who knows? We'll we'll keep track of it. I actually printed a copy out of it. I'll put it up on the Chopping Beef Show page on Facebook. And if I ever do get a website, I'll put it up on there as well. But I did want to make sure that I had this out there. I'm probably wrong, but you know what? It's okay. I did actually truly uh, scuffle, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, at the top three. It is tough. And uh, I'm going to try this year my hardest. Uh, my Clemson fandom does always seem to rise to the top. But I am going to try to be as as neutral as possible throughout the whole season i was talking to jj the other day and he was like another boring college football season well i hope not i hope not uh, obviously i am a clemson fan and so i do want them to win but on this show i do want to remain neutral i do want to do a better job of really diving deep into some schools some teams that maybe people don't know but still keep it really fun we're going to do a lot more stories we were chatting last night via text about the stories Definitely want to do more stories with Uncle Beef, story time with Uncle Beef this year. I got some funny ones and uh, that need to get out there into the ether. I know that's my phrase, other than I digress. But let's get right into it here. 
We're going to start out with number 10 on the Chopping Beef Show preseason top 10. On my number 10 is the UCF Golden Knights. Coached by Josh Heupel, the UCF Knights lost last year in the bowl game to LSU in a game that they were 29-0 leading up to it. I think 28-0, something like that, leading up to that game. Gave LSU everything they could handle. Of course, the SEC homers were talking about how many people were out of the game for LSU. But once again, UCF is starting, if they haven't already, have to really show that they can play with some of the big boys. Yes, they lost to LSU last year. They had their backup quarterback in as well, uh, the backup for uh, Daryl Mack, who came in for Mackenzie Milton, who suffered that gruesome leg injury in the UCF-USF game. So that has to come into play as well. But some notable returners for UCF are, well, notable players. How about that? Brandon Wimbush. Some of those Notre Dame fans out there may recognize that name, the St. Peter's Prep from New Jersey and Notre Dame University of Notre Dame grad transfer Brandon Wimbush is looking to overtake Daryl Mack, the aforementioned Daryl Mack, on for the quarterback position. It looks like everything that I've read so far that Wimbush will get the initial nod there. He is a grad transfer playing one last season. Mack has another year beyond this. UCF returns Greg McRae, who is an all-purpose back. He's a running back. He was averaging 8.9 yards per carry. He was the backup last year. But he does return this year. He is going to probably not have 8.9 yards of carry this year. But he's going to be their feature back along with sharing, maybe sharing some carries with Adrian Killens, who had 107 total yards a game, uh, whether by the air, by air or on the ground. So UCF returns some firepower. They do have some question marks at the wide receiver level, but they have had that the last couple years, and they've had somebody decent throwing them the football, especially Mackenzie Milton, uh, you know, was a dark horse Heisman candidate last year for the UCF Knights. Now we have Wimbush. He was having maybe some, tar- um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for, accuracy issues at Notre Dame, which led to them changing quarterbacks. So hopefully Wimbush can do something for UCF this year and use his legs along with that vaunted running back crew of McCray and Killens. Really the only other notable player they have returning is uh, safety Richie Grant. He has six picks from the safety spot last year. They had 14 interceptions as a team and he had six of them. The unknowns here are that they have questions at all levels of the defense. And that was one big thing last year that UCF had. They had a a defense that wasn't as good as two years ago. The undefeated team, the team that claimed the national championship. They lost a lot a season ago, but they were able to manage their schedule, their American Athletic Conference schedule, only losing in the bowl game to LSU. So they do have some questions there at at all levels, the defensive line linebacker and in the defensive back, and they're they're replacing four of their top six tacklers. And like I said before, their one exception is Richie Grant at safety has an opportunity to be an All-American if he matches what he did a season ago. Uh, their schedule, they play that AAC schedule. They have to travel, though, to Cincinnati, Tulane, and Temple. You know, for that schedule, those are those are the upper teams, at least Temple and Cincinnati recently have been the upper teams in that conference. So they're going to have to 
go to those schools. Tulane is always tough down there in New Orleans. They play in the Superdome. So they have to weather those teams. They also add a conference. Uh, it's interesting this year. They play Pittsburgh, the Coastal Division champions a year ago for the Atlantic Coast Conference. And they also play Stanford. So finally, a big team, a Pac-12 team, is ready to take on the UCF Knights. So that should be interesting. So once again, at the number 10 spot, UCF Golden Knights. Moving on to number 9, staying in the state of Florida for the Chop and Beef Show preseason top 10. Like I said, this is my top 10 and my top 10 only. Number 9 is the Florida Gator, Gators. Excuse me. Head coach Dan Mullen takes over there in Florida. New defensive coordinator who seems to have, I think, with the Florida Gators pay, uh, uh, hiring, I think he's coached at every school in Division One. Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham comes into Florida. He's got a great track record of putting together a lot of really good defenses. So him joining Dan Mullen down there in Gainesville should lead to a top 10 team, at least in my opinion. Notable returners this year, Felipe Franks. There's a lot of things that are there. They weren't, they turned out to be fake, but a lot of things on the internet saying that Felipe Franks was going to be a Heisman candidate. He should be win it. He should win it. Blah, blah, blah. Is Felipe Franks this year's Will Greer for the show? I don't know. We shall see. Felipe Franks really hasn't done anything. Ironically enough, Will Greer did start his career, college career at Florida. So we'll see what happens with Felipe Franks. He was a five-star, highly recruited kid, highly rated kid out of high school, and he's in at least his fourth year, if not eighth year there at Florida. He returns a lot of wide receiver help. Van Jefferson, Kadarius Toney, Trayvon Grimes, they have some names there in the SEC that can do some damage. He's got a little bit of what I used to call frisbee catching dogs there in Florida. With Dan Mullen at the helm, they tend to sling it around the field a little bit and use the quarterback's legs, so it should be interesting to see they are what they do with the wide receivers of Jefferson, Tony, and Grimes. They returned the running back, LaMichael Perrine. He is also a threat out of the backfield. He had 1,000 yards last year as a backup. So he's going to be the feature back this year. 1,000 yards as a backup. What can he do to top that from uh, a year ago? Another great thing, the thing that stuck out to me, which is why I put them so high, maybe I think they're in the top 10 in a lot of different polls, but they have seven returners on defense, a defense that was actually pretty stout a season ago. Uh, they're led by two of the corners, C.J. Henderson and Marco Wilson, who should lead that uh, defense the, you know, with the coverage. Their front seven there should be able to get a lot of pressure, which could lead to a lot of interceptions. And the way that uh, the offense has gone for Florida before Dan Mullen, the defense may have to score. Some unknowns there with the Florida Gators. They need to really build some depth at the linebacker position and the defensive line. There was a run this year of uh, a lot of recruits, and it seemed to be an express lane to the transfer portal. Transfer portal. Once again, I can't say that word. There seemed to be an express lane from Gainesville straight to the transfer portal. So we should see what we we shall see what uh, they do on the defensive front, the defensive side of the ball, in order to build some depth there, especially at the def- at the linebacker and defensive line position. Their schedule is pretty nasty as well. They open with Miami in Orlando right out of the gates. A big game, neutral territory, kind of halfway between both schools, although it's probably closer, it is closer to Gainesville. But that should be an interesting game there at the Citrus Bowl. They have to travel to LSU, to Kentucky, to South Carolina, and they get Georgia and Jacksonville. 
So they have five of their games in in pretty two neutral sites and three new, uh, three hostile environments. It'll be interesting to see what Florida can do with that schedule. University of Florida Gators, team number nine. At the eighth position here in the Chopping Beef Show top ten, I go with the Michigan Wolverines, coached by Jim Harbaugh. Their defensive coordinator is Don Brown. I mention that because he always seems to have a top defense no matter where he is. He's been at Michigan for quite a while under Jim Harbaugh, and they were one of the top three defenses last year and the year before. They returned Shea Patterson in year two of Jim Harbaugh's system. He was the transfer from Ole Miss. He was supposed to be what brought them over the top last year. He had a good year, just not a great year. And once again, they lost to Ohio State and couldn't move move on. Actually got blown out by Florida in bowl game. He also returned some wide receivers, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nico Collins, and they also returned Don Brown and his defense. The unknowns there is he's one of the Don Brown's one of the known as one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, but he lost a ton to the NFL draft, notably uh, what's his name, the defensive tackle Rashawn Gary. Can he reload it? Can he reload that defense? They recruit very well. Michigan always seems to, especially with Harbaugh sleeping over at kids' houses. So that should be interesting to see what they do there on defense. I think their offense should go this year with those two uh, wide receivers that are probably up for All-American ship as well. And you have Jim Harbaugh at the helm and Shea Patterson calling the signals. Can the Wolverines get over the hump and beat Ohio State? It's a huge question this year, and year five of, of Jim Harbaugh, it's got to be time at some point to beat one of your rivals. And speaking of the rivals, they get Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan State all at home this year. So the schedule lines up pretty nicely for them, although wait and see because they have to play at Wisconsin and at Penn State. So two very hostile environments there in the Big Ten conference, and that's what they'll get and they also what I noticed too on their schedule week two they have to play army I know in the past army's been kind of a cakewalk for teams but they run the hokey offense not Virginia Tech out there they run that that uh, spread or uh, excuse me that triple option offense they kind of have a lot of wrinkles there's a lot of buzz about army this year not to be necessarily a top 10 team but right there in the top 15 and, and they're supposed to have one of their best teams ever so watch out michigan week two army comes to the big house it'll be a nice test it'll be interesting for me to watch anyway university of michigan wolverines number eight continuing on to number seven we'll stay out there in the midwest and we'll go with the notre dame fighting irish at number seven led by head coach brian kelly New offensive coordinator Chip Long is out there as well. Their notable returnees are Ian Book, a quarterback. I mentioned him earlier when talking about Brandon Wimbush, but he is back. Is it finally his team, though? That's a question that Notre Dame has to answer because in every article that I read about Notre Dame, they were talking about highly recruited, highly touted quarterback Phil Jerkovic. So they say there he's Phil's gonna Philly Phil as I'm gonna call him the remainder of the year is gonna get some specialized packages just for him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ian Book. I mean he had such a great year last year, a season ago. He led his team all the way to the final four, uh, losing to eventual national championship Clemson Tigers. But he had a great year. And so then they also return 
on the running back position, Jafar Armstrong and Tony Jones. Now, those are two big backs. They were backups last year. Tony Jones is 227 pounds. He's the bruiser of the two of them. But gone is Dexter Williams. Dexter Williams was the do-everything back for Notre Dame. Very strong All-American running back last year. They lose him, so they're going with the two younger guys. It remains to be seen what they can do. So very highly touted on both ends. Armstrong was a four-star kid, Jones as well. So plenty capable. They did get some run last season, but Williams was the bell cow last year. So it'll be fun to see what they do at the running back position. Those are some notable people coming back. One thing Notre Dame always seems to have is an offensive line. They're usually in the top ten for running stats. They have Ian Book can move his feet. Obviously, Dexter Williams was a great running back last year. They have four starters back. They're only replacing their center this season. So their defense is also returning six starters. And some of the unknowns, once again, is bringing it back to Ian Book. You're not sure how he's going to deal with sharing snaps. Hopefully he's not sharing all the snaps or you know every other series. Hopefully it's his team that he can lead. But like I said, everything that I'm reading and everything coming out of Notre Dame, out of South Bend, is that Jerkovic will get some of the snaps. They're very young at the linebacker and defensive back position this season. They lost a lot to the NFL. On the defensive front, they lost Jerry Tillery and Jonathan Bonner, two All-Americans on the defensive line, and and, and of course Julian Love in the secondary, and their linebacker Drew. Uh, Why can't I think of his last name? But anyway... They lost him as well, tackling machine there at the linebacker position. So they're very young at the linebacker and DB position. They lost a couple very key members of that defense. Uh, so we shall see what they do on that side of the ball. And looking at that as well, their defense, I'm sorry, excuse me, their schedule is absolutely brutal. They open at Louisville, which this season doesn't necessarily seem like a big test, but week two they go at Georgia. Then they go against Virginia at home, which according to every publication as well, will be the top coastal team in the Atlantic Coast Conference. They have to play Southern Cal, then they go to Michigan, to Stanford, and they have to play Virginia Tech as well. It's not your mom and dad's Virginia Tech team necessarily, but they can still beat anybody on any given day. It's a solid team. So Notre Dame's schedule, if they can manage this one this year, they'll deserve that top four billing at the end of the year notre dame university fighting irish is at number seven at number six we'll go down to the big 12 conference we'll go to the texas longhorns in the chop and beef show preseason top 10 head coach tom herman defensive coordinator todd orlando their notable returnees are pretty much on the offensive side of the ball sam ellinger was ellinger was responsible for 41 touchdowns last year in 2018 both using his feet and through the air they returned their bell cow at running back keontae ingram they also have a backup jordan whittingham two very good running backs and two guys that'll be getting a lot of runs in that big big offensive line up front to carry the load Uh, they should be able to move the ball that's why i have them as high as i do at number six the unknowns on from texas is that they return just two starters on defense a defense in the pac-12 or excuse me in the big 12 defense doesn't seem to be it seems to be a bad word in all honesty so there's not a lot of defense to only bring back two starters could be maybe a good thing maybe you bring in some 
some guys that are really hungry to turn that around and hopefully uh, maybe play a little defense there in the Big 12. They returned just two starters on defense. As I said, the LSU is between two out-of-conference games, and can they hold serve at home? On that, In that same breath, we'll talk about their schedule. They play LSU in Week 2. That is at home. It is a home game. And they also play Oklahoma and Oklahoma State before November. So if they can hold serve at home, they should have a nice uh, schedule. They Hopefully you don't hiccup in the um, Red River rivalry against Oklahoma. That should, should be two top ten teams playing there. Oklahoma State always seems to be a bugger for anybody in that Big 12. They always seem to falter. To somebody, maybe they shouldn't, but then they always seem to take down a big dog. And then they play LSU. So it could be very interesting for Texas this year. I mean, I think they're probably still going to get nine wins, nine, ten wins maybe. Maybe a split there with the LSU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And hang in that sixth spot. Maybe even fight for a top four. Number six, the Texas Longhorns. In at number five for your... Chopping Beef Show preseason top 10 is the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes is the number five team in the Chopping Beef Show preseason top 10 coached by Ryan Day in his first year. He touted some brand new defensive coordinators. He picked up Greg Madison who was working at Ohio State and he also got Jeff Halfley from the 49ers to be his co-defensive coordinators. They lost Urban Meyer last season. Their notables, notable players this year will be Justin Fields at the quarterback position. He was a transfer from the University of Georgia, a five-star kid who got a waiver and is allowed to play this season. Don't get me started on that, how that took place, because there's kids that actually should be able to play, but they can't. But anyway, I digress. They return their running back, J.K. Dobbins. He seems like he's been there forever. Uh, he truly he was a, a game changer in their national championship team a few years ago. I feel like he and Hunter Renfro went to high school together. With all the jokes about Hunter Renfro last year being there forever, I feel like J.K. Dobbins was older than him. But uh, anyway, J.K. Dobbins should be a, a top five running back in the country. He was good his freshman year, got hurt, and was hobbled in the next year and has been really solid for them. I think he all his injury bugs are gone and he should uh, lead the way there for the Ohio State Buckeyes they are loaded at wide receiver I was going to mention all the names but there's about four or five guys there that I could have mentioned they're loaded Justin Fields is going to have a a field day with throwing to some of these receivers and then have Dobbins in the backfield as well on defense they have probable all-american Chase Young at defensive end and the, on the other side is Tyreek Smith he's probably up for an all-american candidacy as well so there, it, it'll be fun to watch Ohio State this year and Ryan Day's first year now that they don't have Urban Meyer uh, the unknowns is leads right into that it is the insert Urban Meyer joke here you're not sure what you're getting when once he leaves you know Florida was great when he was there and then once he left kind of went down the tube so hopefully uh, for Ohio State fans out there, Ryan Day will just take the reins and just keep moving forward. They seem to have the roster to be able to hang and to be a top five team, which is why I have them in the f- top five. Also, another unknown is will Justin Fields be good as as good as advertised? I saw something on Twitter the other day saying that the verdict's still out, whether or not he's better than Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. 
I don't know if I'd go that far, but we still don't really know what we have in Justin Fields. So it'll be fun to watch his development and see how he goes this year for Ohio State. Their schedule is, seems to be rather manageable as well. They open with Florida Atlantic and Lane Kiffin uh, at home. So Lane Kiffin's fighting uh, Owls will travel up to Columbus to play Ryan Day in his opener. They also play Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State all at home, but they do have to travel to the big house and play Michigan at the end of the year. The number five team in the Chop and Beef Show, top ten. At number four, I have the Georgia Bulldogs from Athens, Georgia. Their head coach, Kirby Smart. Their notable returnees include Jake Fromm. He's the quarterback. There is no controversy this year. It is his team. Jacob Eason is gone to University of Washington. And as I just mentioned with Ohio State, Justin Fields is in Columbus. So it is Jake Fromm's team. He is a highly rated quarterback may be the first pick in the NFL draft a year from now. They also return a top three running back, in my opinion, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is a little scat back. He is so dang fast. They also have a very intriguing player who hasn't played yet. He was a true freshman last year. I believe he redshirted because he tore his ACL, and it, it is his two consecutive seasons. He tore one knee in high school and one knee last year. His name is Amir White. And he was a highly, highly, highly rated, highly recruited running back that went to what I deem as running back U in the University of Georgia. They just seem to always have a stable of backs. Zamir White will be interesting to see where he is once they say he's healthy. But you never know once you have one of those knee issues. So it'll be fun to watch him play if he's as good as advertised as he was a year ago. Unfortunately, I've been following recruiting for a long time. I got out of it for a little while, then I got back in it. He was one of the guys I really wanted to come to Clemson University in Clemson, South Carolina, but he chose the dogs. So I'll be watching him intently. One of the recurring theme that I got when I was looking at the University of Georgia was that their offensive line is the deepest in the country. I wrote on my little cheat sheet here that it's deep in big font with exclamation points. So oh, their offensive line is extremely deep. And it is arguably the best unit in the country. It should allow uh, DeAndre Swift to get loose quite often. Their linebacker, they lost a lot last year to the NFL draft. They lost Roquan Smith, the all-world linebacker. But they're real high on this kid, N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean is a freshman, and everything that I'm reading about him and through his recruitment as well is that he's going to be better than Roquan Smith. That remains to be seen. The unknowns for Georgia, they do have a brand new offensive coordinator, James Coley. So if I were, I could probably be the offensive coordinator at Georgia because with, with Swift and uh, Fromm and those, well, they don't really know what they have at receiver. But with that, with that running game and that offensive line, I could probably call the plays. They do have a talented defense, but it's extremely unknown because they lost so much talent to the NFL draft. Georgia's been a top two, top three recruiting team in the country for at least the last five years, at least since Kirby's been there. So we don't know what they have, but on paper, they seem to have a very good, very good, very talented defense. Their DBs last year got gashed in the bowl game uh, against Texas when their All-American DeAndre Baker didn't play. 
So we'll be we'll be watching that on the back end of their defense to see if they can reload there and shore that up for the season. They do have questions at receiver and tight end. They're not sure who steps up. Uh, one of the signs uh, the signs are all pointing to a senior a senior wide receiver named Demetrius Robertson. He seems to be one of the only guys that has been there throughout the, some dismissals and some arrests down there in Athens. So that'll be interesting to watch. Their schedule, Notre Dame at home, Texas A&M at home, seem to be the only real tests that they have. Maybe Florida. Florida, it could be a top 10 matchup, at least in the Chop and Beef show top 10. And that'll be in Jacksonville. So really only three games it seems like they're going to be tested in. You never know. It's college football. These kids, you don't know from one week to the next. But that seems to be where they are. Not all that tough of a schedule on paper. But you never know. The Georgia Bulldogs are the number four team in the Chop and Beef Show Top 10. The number three team in the country in the Chop and Beef Show Top 10 is the Oklahoma Sooners. Coached by Lincoln Riley. They got a new defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, from Ohio State. Notable players for the Sooners, Jalen Hurts. He's a grad transfer from Alabama. He's 26-2 and two as a starter at Alabama. He transferred over once to a Tua, 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 Tua uh, took over the reins there. And once Jalen graduated, as somebody on this show, namely me, called that he would absolutely transfer from Alabama. He did. He went to Oklahoma, but he's the next. Could Jalen Hurts be the next quarterback there to win the Heisman? We shall see. They have their running back, Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Brooks had 2,000. They combined for 2,003 yards and 25 touchdowns last year. So to add Jalen Hurts to that stable, it should be fun to watch. Oklahoma, they should be high flying. They also return their high flying wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, and their All American tight end, Grant Calcaterra. So their offense is still going to be as good as ever, it seems. Their offensive line, though, they do have to replace four members of the offensive line. They're only returning their center. But that Big 12, no one seems to be able to stop Oklahoma. So Oklahoma seems to be getting staying at least the same as they were. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts' arm because we all know he can run and he's a beast when he does so but we'll see we'll see if he can th- sling it around the field yeah, he should be able to in that conference so we'll see on uh at on defense they returned Kenneth Murray he was he was a tackling machine last year for Oklahoma he had nine games with du- double digit tackles so he returns to the defense you know, they sling it around in that conference, so maybe maybe some will say that it's not necessarily hard to do, but he always seems to be around the ball, so Kenneth Murray should be someone to watch there for Oklahoma. The Unknowns, they bring in a new defensive coordinator. He brings an Ohio State pedigree with him. Can, can this team stop anybody? That was a big thing last year. O- Oklahoma seemed to give up 40, but they would score 56. So they really can't afford a hiccup with their schedule. They open versus Houston. Uh, a pretty good Houston team, AAC. They also play Texas in the Red River rivalry. They go to Oklahoma State, but pretty manageable otherwise. They do have to travel early on in the year to UCLA. You never know out there with Chip Kelly. But Oklahoma Sooners, they are the number three team in the Chop and Beef Show Top 10. The number two team in the Chop and Beef Show Top 10 is the the Clemson Tigers, coached by Dabo Sweeney. Notable returnees include quarterback Trevor Lawrence in his sophomore season. Can Trevor Lawrence 
replicate what he did a year ago. He has all the covers on the magazines. He's getting all the pub, pub for Heisman. Someone said, runaway Heisman. We shall see. Can he handle all of that? He seemed to be unflappable last season. We'll see what happens in season number two. Running back Travis Etienne and Lynn J. Dixon seem to be a one-two, a great one-two punch. Probably the best one-two punch since James, James Davis and C.J. Spiller there in Tigertown. Wide receiver, they have two frisbee catching dogs as well on the outside. Justin Ross and T. Higgins, probably the best two wide receiver combo since Sammy Watkins and DeAndre New Hopkins. Offensive line is deep. They return three of the five starters, and every the two other guys that will probably plug in have played very important, very strong snaps for them. Defensive end is where Clemson lost a ton of talent. They lost all of their quote-unquote power rangers. Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, you know you know the, the deal. But they do return uh, freshman sensation last year, Xavier Thomas. So we, we'll see what happens there. They were very deep at the defensive line, but you may not know their name, but we hope that they can show out this year, and you learn them by the end of the year. Uh, Sports Illustrated, I believe, or one of the magazines just recently announced that Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, was the top linebacker in the country. We thought he was a safety, but he apparently is the top linebacker in the country. He plays that kind of nickelbacker, and he'll be a very important piece to that defense. And on at the in the back end of the defense, the All-American Trayvon Mullen and Kayvon Wallace should anchor that uh, cornerback position. Safety will be an issue, I think, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with Clemson. Those are your notables. Question marks for the Clemson Tigers. They lost the Power Rangers, as I said before. We're not sure. We, we, we saw glimpses of Xavier Thomas. Now he'll be a, a rising sophomore and how good he can be. We'll see if that's the case. They're moving Darian Kendrick, who was a five-star wide receiver. He actually played quarterback in high school, but he was a five-star wide receiver. They're moving him to defensive back. I don't know if he's going to play on both sides of the ball, but he moved to DB, and he took one of the cornerback starting quarterback positions. Cornerback positions. So we'll see how he does moving over there. He's a heck of an athlete. Saw him a lot in high school. And so we'll see if he stays there or moves back to wide receiver. I heard he can be very dynamic on either side of the ball. Health. You always wonder about health. And Trevor trying to do too much in 2019. He has all the press clippings. If he reads too much into it, you never know if that can be his downfall. And can Clemson weather being the hunted? They were the national champion last year. So can they? they're going to get every team's best shot. Are they able to deal with that? The Clemson Tigers are your number two team in the Chop and Beef Show top ten. And finally, the number one team in the Chop and Beef Show top ten is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Going to catch a lot of heat for this. I don't care. Coach Nick Saban in his 11th, 11th year as the head coach of the Crimson Tide. They return to a two tag of Bialoa. They return at the running back position, Najee Harris and Byron Robinson Jr., just five-star, five-star, five-star. They just plug and play. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith at the wide receiver position. They do have a left tackle in Alex Leatherwood, which I believe is the best name for an offensive lineman in the country. Their defense 
They did graduate a lot to the NFL, but they do return Raekwon Davis, five-star Dylan Moses, five-star Patrick Satan II, and Xavier McKinney at, at safety. They just have name after name after name after name, which for me tilted them over the top to be the preseason number one over the Clemson Tigers. The unknown is the coaching, coaching turnover effect. That was a big excuse that I've seen on Twitter throughout, you know, uh, SEC fans, not necessarily Alabama fans, but SEC fans making up all these excuses and the fact that Alabama lost seven coaches. And I think Nick Saban even said something about losing coaches and coaches worrying about themselves and worry about another job. And I'm like, this isn't last chance you, man. This is University of Alabama. You got to be able to manage that better. But is there an effect? Will we see what will we see this year with an, another offensive coordinator for Tua? Uh, will Nick Saban loosen the reins on the defense so that maybe let allow a defensive coordinator to do his job? One thing, another question could be: Is there weakness in Tua's game? Last year we saw he was kind of in the big games anyway against Georgia and Clemson. He was a little bit shaky, not shaky in a bad way. He was still able to put up a lot of yards, especially throwing to Jerry Judy in that wide receiver core, but he seemed to be lost in some in some coverages. He seemed to be tricked relatively easy. So is there enough tape out there to maybe mess with Tua? We shall wait and see. I think he's as good as he uh, as advertised, no question about it, and one of the top quarterbacks in the country, if not the top quarterback in the country, but We'll see what he can do if uh, now that there's so much tape on him out there. And can they reload on defense after losing a bunch to the NFL? They lose year after year after year top, top talent, but they keep reloading on the recruiting trail. So can they reload it on the defense? Their schedule seems to be pretty manageable as well. They open versus Duke in Atlanta. They have to travel to South Carolina in week three, which I don't believe is going to be necessarily a cakewalk as maybe it has been in the last few years i do think south carolina is going to be greatly improved although on paper they have a pretty tough schedule i don't know no one's played a game yet how can you have a tough schedule but on paper here they have to travel to a&m but they get lsu at home before going to the iron bowl in auburn alabama there you have it your top 10 Top 10, preseason top 10 from yours truly, the Chopping Beef Show. I am the beef. I can't wait. I did this. It took me a couple hours to go through some film and, and whatnot to get my top 10. I'm excited about it. I can be wrong. I have no problem eating a ton of crow. But you know what? This was a heck of a lot of fun to do, to do the research, to type it out, to to have some notes going i didn't type it out but i typed out my notes so i could just go boom 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 should be a great season of college football we're gonna come we're gonna probably mix up a little bit of what we're doing here for the chopping beep show debauchery show but i did want to get out here to give my preseason top 10 picks and to tell you my new song obviously you're hearing my old song here on the back end that's just fine we'll play this one on the back end as the outro if you will but I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much. I can't wait. We're less than a month away from the opening of college football season. It's going to be a great year this year. Great year of college football. We can't wait to bring you the debauchery shows. 
JJ Locks and Rai Rai all return this year, hopefully with some more guests and some more things and some more fun stories and just, uh, you know, revamping the entire the entire system to try to make it better and more engaging and more fun with you people out there. So thanks again for listening. I truly appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And please tell your friends, like us on Facebook, like us on Instagram. We do have a Twitter too. At some point we will have a website. I've been talking about it for a year. But do all that on social media, please, for us. Leave us a message. JJ does a great job of updating the page. He asks a lot of questions. Even I ask some questions as to what you want to hear. We'll talk about it. I'll do the research. I can promise you we're going to be more researched this year. That we're going to be a lot more fun, too. It's tough for me to be funny when I'm talking to myself, but I'm going to do my damnedest. So thanks again for listening to the Chopping Beef Show. This is Season 2, Episode 1. The Chopping Beef Show Top 10. I hope you have a great night. We'll see you soon. Good night now.